In the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. When I was a little girl, I hated my name. Strange, it was such an odd name, this strange Swedish name. And it was mispronounced by one and all. I was called Linnea, Linnea, Linnet, and yes, even Lenora. Well, why couldn't I have been Jane or Betty or Susan? And as my life went on, my discontent with my name became an emblem of all the discontents I had in my life, all my sense of inadequacies. I was an introvert in a family of charming extroverts. I could never think of what to say. I just wanted to read. I was too tall, too chunky. I was terrible at games. I was a failure on the hockey field. All I wanted to do was study, which I have to admit I enjoyed. And I had this stupid curly hair when everybody was wearing a long, straight flip. Well, life went on. Uh, as I got a little older, I was managed to damp down these anxieties. But even as I went to college, got married, had kids, took a job, I was always conscious of how I didn't measure up in many ways, how I kept taking wrong turns or simply doing the wrong thing. And then came the incredible gift of a call to ordain ministry. But I must confess that my process there was long and slow, probably the longest ordination process in the Diocese of Virginia, filled with, yes, mistakes, wrong turns, uncertainties. But somehow, somehow I got there, finished seminary, found a job at a little church in Falls Church. And it was there that I was ordained. At the climactic moment in the ordination, after the bishop has have said, after the bishop has said the prayer of ordination, the bishop puts a stole over the new priest, the stole, the symbol of the priestly state. I knelt, the bishop put the stole over my head, and I looked at it for the first time because it had been a surprise gift from the people. And there I saw, there I saw on either part of the stole, Linnea flowers cascading up and down. And I had a moment of understanding, a moment, let's say, of revelation that yes, God created me just as I am with those things I liked about myself and those things I didn't like. And that God had been with me, working in my life, yes, even through my mistakes, to, to further God's own purposes, to bring me to the person God wanted me to be. Well, I will definitely tell you that life didn't suddenly get, suddenly get smooth or easy or simple. There were many struggles, many mistakes along the way in the 30 plus years that I have been a priest. But through it all, I had one sense that kept me going. I am 
who I am because God created me this way. The, the name, my name, Linnea, emblematic of so much I thought wrong with me, became a symbol of who I was, who I am, who I am becoming by God's grace. Names, names. The focus is on names today and what they mean, what they call us to. Today, the first day of January, the eighth day after the birth of Jesus, is known as the Feast of the Holy Name, or in older lineage, the Feast of the Circumcision. Because under Jewish law, on the eighth day after a boy was born, he was brought to be circumcised by a religious figure, and at that point, he was given a name. At that point, with the circumcision and the naming, he became part of the Jewish community. In that ancient rite, each child began life as part of the Jewish community, inheriting the Jewish history and all that went with it. So certainly, this feast is a reminder to us of Jesus's complete humanity. Yes, Jesus was divine, but he was also fully and truly human. God didn't just play at being human for a few days and then go back to a comfortable heaven. God was there as a human being, undergoing everything that a human person does in the course of life. And this feast also reminds us of that Jesus was fully a Jew. And so, our own Christian faith is rooted, embedded in Judaism. Without that heritage, we can't be Christians. Now, unfortunately, almost since the beginning of our faith, anti-Semitism has infected Christianity. Perhaps it simply began when those early Christians wanted to clearly separate themselves from Judaism and to proclaim the superiority of the Christian message. But whatever, anti-Semitism has been there and grown and grown through the years, resulting in terrible things along the way. And I understand it seems to be rising again. Well, besides being very contrary to God's love, law of love, when Christians act, think, speak in anti-Semitic ways, when they support others who do so, or when they passively let others voice and act in anti-Semitic ways, we are, we are in effect denying an essential part of our identity we are cutting ourselves off from the taproot of our faith. But besides citing Jesus in his own particular time, in his limited human life, these, this feast marks a beginning, a beginning and a challenge to Jesus, to others, to us. Although Jesus was already eight days old, this day, these ceremonies mark Jesus's official beginning 
as a person in his culture. He is now somebody with a name and an identity. But now, now comes the challenge. Now comes the challenge for Jesus to accept, to understand his name. Jesus, Yeshua, Joshua, someone who would save, someone who would save his people. To accept that name and also the other name by which Jesus is often called, especially in Matthew's gospel, Emmanuel, God with us. How, how could, how would Jesus become, live into that name, Savior, God with us? Well, we certainly don't know much about Jesus' childhood, his teen years, his early adulthood. But we, we may suppose that accepting and understanding the challenge of his name took time and struggle, yes, for Jesus. Traditionally, it is accepted that Jesus' public ministry didn't begin until he was in his late 20s, or maybe even 30s. And, and even in his earlier ministry, uh, early public ministry, we can see Jesus continue to change and grow in his understanding of his identity and his mission. His name, his being, his identity, a lifelong process, a lifelong challenge. And I think that this, at this ceremony, on this day, others were challenged too. And I think particularly of Joseph. When Joseph stood up and publicly named Jesus, claimed him as his son, Joseph was in Jewish tradition and law, claiming Jesus, saying, yes, this is my son, and I am his father. And so, as a son, Jesus became heir to all of Joseph's Jewish heritage, heir, too, to Joseph, Joseph's descendant, descending from David. Yes, Joseph was now a father. He had heeded God's call. He had married Mary, even though she was strangely pregnant. He had cared for her and her son. But now the long work of parenthood was beginning. How was he? How was Joseph to understand how to parent this child, so very obviously human, but also mysteriously divine? How? Was he to be a father, to love Jesus, to guide him, to teach him, to protect him? Again, we know nothing about all those years. We know nothing really about Joseph, what Joseph did. But we do know this. Jesus, throughout his ministry, talked openly and often and passionately about God's love for each person, no matter what station or action. God was, is a loving father, Jesus proclaimed. God is Abba, 
a nickname for, for daddy in uh, Aramaic. A loving, concerned father always. A wise person has said, and I do believe it, that Jesus could not have talked so frequently, so convincingly, so passionately about God as a loving father if he had not experienced personally and continually the powerful love of a human father, of Joseph, all his life. Now, as we all know, today is January 1, the official start of the calendar year. But I think most of us have, all, have experienced many new years, many new beginnings. Maybe some of you, not quite as many. But in some mysterious way, new beginnings, even the most artificial ones, call us to act, to change, to, be, to grow in some way. Perhaps, perhaps in whatever ways your call comes this year, your challenge comes this year. Certainly, for every one of us, I think, for each of us, the, the central challenge is to accept ourselves, to accept ourselves in, in our totality, good and not so good, things we love about ourselves and things we wish weren't part of ourselves. Carl Jung was a famous psychiatrist, psychologist, and at all times, too, a spiritual seeker. And he talked about the fact that each and every one of us has a shadow side, a, a, a group of behaviors, feelings, attitudes toward life and attitudes toward action that we are very uncomfortable with. We don't understand, we don't like it, we can't do it very well. And so we push that shadow side as far away, as deeply hidden as possible. For me as an introvert, living often as an extrovert is always a challenge. And for people who, like me, who want to come quickly to a clear and definite decision, about anything and everything. Taking time just to be, to think, to weigh alternatives, to keep looking for new ones, that is a real challenge. But Carl Jung said that the major challenge for each of us during our adult lives is to acknowledge, to make peace with, and yes, even to make friends with our shadow side, those things we just don't understand and don't like. And perhaps at the same time to make peace with how we have acted sometimes. In his, in his uh, letter to the Romans, the Apostle Paul makes a very famous statement. It is usually translated, 
all things work together for good for those that love God. But as an Anglican theologian has pointed out, that phrase work together can equally mean mingle together, sort of just all float together. So perhaps we need to acknowledge, accept, and live into the fact that for those who love God, or for those who are trying to love God, uh, all things, all our lives, our attitude, our actions, everything in and around us mingles together for good because God is with us now and always. Yes. Ultimately, I think what we are called to do, and again, it's a lifelong process, to understand that in every experience of our lives, in every action throughout the world, in all of this, the good and the not so good, God comes to us. God walks with us. You're called to understand that all those experiences and those struggles have God with them. And God comes to us not to judge, not to condemn, not to punish, not to desert us in anger. No, God comes to us to love us, to walk with us, to call us again and again to new beginnings, new growth, new life. Amen.